Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Uh, the weekly wrap-up today being Saturday morning. And uh, the headline today, Dallas, 24% off everything. 24, is it? Yeah, I was, I was wondering that. 24% off everything. Yeah. Um, we don't know a lot, but we, do, we know one thing for sure is that the theory that I announced back on the 24th of April has yeah. come true and the markets of oh, the world agree with my theory. Come on. Jesus. <laughs> this is this is this theory. It's the least it's the least well thought out theory I've ever heard of from you, Michael. I expected better. But anyway. So a, a, a short recap on the twenty fourth of April yes. uh, when we were twenty seven percent down and the week before we were twenty three percent down the week before that twenty five percent down. I said that I believe there's that the markets are scared not of dropping further, but they're scared that this will recover quicker, yeah. and and that um, it will get the fear fast. wasn't from a further drop. The fear was that things would recover yeah. faster, and that's why yeah. they hadn't dropped as far. Yeah. Um, given given that uh, it wouldn't have been unusual to expect yeah. somewhere in the vicinity of a a forty yeah. percent drop yeah. based on the economic data coming out and the news. So we're at 24% down now. If we go back, we go back exactly one month ago, the 9th of April this year, uh, we're recording, of course, on the 9th of May, uh, 25% down, yeah. uh, 23% down, 27% down, 27% down this week, 24% down. So we're basically in the same position that we were in April yeah. uh, one month ago. So, uh, if we look at if we look at America, um, they've improved. Well, we've improved three percent this week, so we were down twenty seven percent last week. We've yep. improved to twenty four percent down. Uh, yep. America, or the S and P five hundred, the largest five hundred companies in America, have actually improved from sixteen percent down to thirteen percent down. So, so again, I, I mean, I think I, I still maintain that. Um, the the markets and when we say the markets, we're talking about all the participants that are looking to either holding companies or yeah, shares, yeah. or they're yeah. looking to buy companies or shares, or they own them through the super fund or whatever. Yeah. All of those participants have actually decided that that um, the price right now. Um, it's not to say that it won't it won't drop away further, of course, but they've decided yeah. right now that the price um, should only be down somewhere in the mid 20% range yep. in Australia yep. and remarkably in America, yep. uh, the price should only be down yep. only 13%. 13%. Now, bearing yep. in mind what's relevant about a 13% price drop is that the average, in any given year, the average drop that you see in Australian uh, companies' share prices and also American yep. companies' share prices, somewhere in the vicinity of 14%. So somewhere, so, yep. so on any given year, um, yep. you'll see the average price pull back by 14% for no apparent reason. Yep. And then um, and then actually 
and then actually uh, recover. Um, yeah. So they're only they're already in that range right now. Yeah, and it's 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 an interesting one, especially like you say in in light of and this is what we talked about last weekend. With it's so easy to get the two conflated the the economy and and the share. You know, if we talk about the share market being the average price of companies, which we we always sort of talk about. But you look at and and I actually I was talking to a mate about this. Same, same mate, Mullet. He he said thanks for the shout out last weekend, so I'll give him another one today. But uh, he <laughs> he, we were talking about uh, how the economy and the share market are not the same thing. And and another and a guy that he'd listened to actually put this in a much better way than me. So I'm going to steal it, which is effectively that. And I'll sort of add a bit to it: is that the price of a of a company's share price is a reflection of a of a prediction of their future profits, the future cash flows. So that's, there's sort of three separate things here, which is the share price reflects, like you said, what all participants, all the people who are buying and selling shares in that company, it reflects what they think the, the profits of that over the lifetime of that company will be and what their share of those profits will be. The headlines that you're reading in, in the newspaper or you know, wherever every day, that's a reflection of what is happening right now. And the economic data that you read about of this many unemployment claims or this much GDP contraction, that's all historical data, even if it's only over the last week or month or however. So that's kind of why, when he said that, sort of got that straight in my head a bit as to what the point I was trying to make there, which is that when we're talking about how the economy and the share market are not, are not linked, are not correlated in that, in that one-to-one way that you'd think they would, it sort of makes sense because if you look at, the price right now versus the price a month ago, all of that data was already priced in a month ago. So there's really been, mm-hmm. there's been no change, I would say, compared to what most people, I guess, predicted what, what would happen. You know, we, we knew that, we knew a month ago that things in America were going to get pretty bad because they hadn't taken steps to, to stop you know, coronavirus early on. We kind of knew that, we're not so much new, but that was a, that was a pretty good prediction a, a month ago. And so, even though that has, you know, if you looked at coronavirus numbers in America, the effects on their economy, their unemployment numbers, all those sorts of things, it's it's it that was already priced in a month ago. So everything that we've seen play out over this last month, it's just it's just all the stuff that was already predicted in advance. And so that's kind of the point that you're making now is that the price point that we're at here is really just a reflection of all of those participants that are buying and selling those shares. What It's a reflection of what they think will happen in the future over, over the lifetime of that company and what profits are likely to be. So it's kind of one of those things where we, we end up, we sort of talk around this about, you know, and the end result is unless you think you know more than, than you know, the average of these people who are doing this for a job and trying to work out what these profits will be, it's very hard to go, well, the price is down 13% America and 24% you know, here in Australia. I think the price should be different. It's, you're starting to get in a very hairy territory where you're trying to be smarter than everyone else and trying to predict not just what you think will happen over the next month, but what you think will happen over the next month, what you think other people think will happen over the next month, and then where we'll end up. It's just, a, like I keep saying, it's just not a game I want to play. Like we, and that's why we say we've got no idea where things will be in a month. And we know that even if we could predict where things will be in a month, we don't know what effect that will have on, on share prices over the next month either. And we don't want to give the wrong message. I mean, we, we raised this only in the context of the, of people that had panicked or were thinking of panicking and, mm. 
I mean, this, this whole, this whole weekly wrap up podcast uh, was born out of, out of, um, I guess, uh, the pressure for a lot of people to change the investment strategy of their superannuation funds, yeah. um, the the social pressure or the or the yeah. peer pressure uh, in terms yeah. of of yeah. um, people's friends saying, hey, yeah. "All right, you haven't sold out and moved to yeah. cash. You haven't, you yeah. Haven't, yeah, yeah." So, so most of that happened. Most of that happened, and we know um, we, we we know that um, the most amount of people panic at so, the uh, worst possible time. And that's yeah. precisely why it is the worst possible time. So back on yeah. the 23rd yeah. of March this year, yeah. um, the Australian market was down 36% and the American market was down about the same. Yeah. We know that a lot of people changed their superannuation fund strategy and moved yeah. to cash. Yeah. So they sold out at actually 64 cents in the dollar for both yeah. their Australian companies and their um the US companies that they own yep. within their superannuation fund. Yeah. They're looking now um, at the Australian companies being valued at 76 cents. So they sold out at 64 cents and the Australian companies are now valued at 76 cents. So if they move back in yep. now, they're moving in at a 12 cent yep. higher uh, price. Yep, price with yep. the American companies that they sold out. Yeah. They've grown to 87 cents. So they sold yep. out at 64 cents uh, yep. and they, and they've grown now to 87 cents. So, so, I mean, we've always maintained that it's a mugs game to try and to try and sell out, um, to try and predict where yeah. what's going to happen yeah. uh, in the future, and yeah. um, and certainly, you know, I, I always put that in perspective in terms of um, we may not have seen the bottoms yet. The market no. may very well turn around yeah. and move back. However, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually guessing that a lot of these people that sold out at 36 percent down have actually. They've either moved back in now um, yeah. uh, at a higher prices, or or, yeah. or they are suffering such anxiety yeah. now, seeing oh, what imagine. these prices have done, yeah. um, and well, wondering if they'll continue to grow, and yeah. and, and um, yeah, wondering if they should move back in at this point yeah. in time and actually well, crystallise well, that loss. And I think that's so. That to use your your price analogy, there, I always like to bring that back to. So for most people, they can really imagine the the cost of a house. So if you're 60 now, so and this is obviously we're talking about retirement planning. Some of some of your assets that you own coming into retirement, you will need to own for 30 years. You you will need to be selling that down in in 30 years time to fund your to fund your you know your later years of retirement. It's no different to if you own a house at age 60 and you plan on living in that until you die. So you might say, well, I need, I need to own this house for, for 30 years. Now, if that house is worth a million dollars and it's, it dropped uh, and it was as, as liquid of an asset as, as your investment strategy of your super fund, your million dollar house dropped to 640000 Imagine if you had sold your house at that point in time. So you move that money, you've got that $640,000 in, in your bank account. And, and your theory there at the time was probably, I'll take that $640,000 cash. When things drop further, which I think they're going to, I'll, I'll buy my house back at a cheaper price. And that's, that's sort of the game you're playing. Now, imagine that $640,000 sitting in your bank account, but, but house prices have jumped back up. And so that same house that you just sold is now worth $760,000. So really, like you say, imagine the anxiety of trying to go, well, I still want, I want the same amount of house. I need the same amount of house, but, but now how do I fund that shortfall between what I, what I did own previously and, and now what I've got in cash isn't going to buy me what I, what I had before.
And here's the equation, Dallas, and we we know that most people sell out at the bottom of the market, and that's why it is the bottom. I mean, the price is reflective of so many people selling at that particular point in time that it pushes the price down and it finds the bottom. So you've sold out at 64 cents, like you just said, or you've sold a million dollar house for $640,000. You're now seeing that house has risen to $760,000 or... If we're talking about your superannuation, it's gone from sixty-four cents where you sold out to seventy-six yeah. cents yeah. or eighty-seven cents. Um, yeah. I can tell you where the level of anxiety comes from and why most people actually buy back in at a dollar in the dollar yeah. or higher yeah. is everyone's waiting for that second drop to happen now. And yeah. and part of being an optimist, you have to tell yourself, um, okay, I've, I've well, I shouldn't say that. Part of probably not admitting to yourself that you made the wrong decision by yeah. selling out at $0.64 cents when the price yeah. has risen to $0.76 yeah. Cents, yeah. is that you're, you, you need to... T- if you actually move back in at yeah. $0.76, cents, you've actually you, you admitted to yourself that you've yeah. made the wrong decision. It, it's funny. This, Whereas this you're waiting for the second yeah. drop to happen. Now, yeah. um, you can, that you second can say, drop will or will not happen. It will or will not yeah. happen. And... Yeah. and what actually happens for most people we know is that the price things settle down, which means the price has returned to a dollar and it's grown to a dollar 10. And some of these people are still waiting for that drop to happen at that point in time. And then, you know, it, it doesn't happen and it moves to a dollar 20. So for a lot of people, um, you know, we've compared the, 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 We've compared selling out at $0.64 cents and buying back in a yeah. dollar. A lot of people won't buy back in until $1.20 or $1.28. Yeah. Yeah. So they will have halved the value yeah. of their – because they're actually yeah. waiting for that second drop, yeah. which will – may or may never happen. Um, yeah. yeah. I and, mean, it will, it will definitely happen. It's just a matter of whether that drop – will that drop be from $1.30 to a dollar, or will it be from $0.70 cents to $0.60? Cents? You know, yes, we know there's going to be a drop in the future, but the risk is that while you're waiting for that for that drop, you know, prices pick up so that even after that that next drop happens, it, it could still be above where you're sitting now in cash. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Um, this segues very. It's like we've planned this. Segues very neatly into my thing that I, I was sort of thinking about this week that I wanted to discuss, which is that you know so much of so much of financial planning and so much of our um, people's uh, dealings with money is around the story that we that we tell ourselves, or the story that we have in our head as to what's happening, and and that's a really good example of one where if you've sold out at at sixty four cents in the dollar, there's as you say, there's two options here. The, the completely, and the reality is, we're human beings. We we are going to have there is some narrative that we're telling ourselves. So if you if you are telling yourself well, I'm waiting for the price to drop to, to 50 cents and, and then I'm going to get back in and then all you suckers will, you, you know, then you'll all be in, you know, hurting and I'll be better off than, than all of you are. That feels better in the short term because you, because like you say, you don't have to then admit to yourself, geez, maybe I made a mistake here. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I sold out at the wrong time. You can tell yourself that it's okay. I'm, I'm just waiting to be proven right. I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm just... I'm just not right yet, kind of thing. So, but but I, I find that a lot of, and I don't know about you, it's probably similar for yourself, but with clients, a lot of what I talk about is not so much about changing what you're doing. It's just changing the story that you're that you're telling yourself, and that's why we've we named these weekly updates. 
you know, how many percent off off for the week? Because it's, as soon as you change that story to I'm accumulating these assets for my retirement at a discounted price, it, it makes it then a more pleasant experience. So every week, if you're, you're going to work, your employer's putting money in your super fund, you're putting money in your super fund. If the price has dropped, all that allows you to do is buy in at a cheaper price that week. And that's, that's kind of the thing that the narrative of, if we tell ourselves that I just want my super balance to grow and never go backwards and just keep going up and up and up, it's not really logical when you, when you think about the fact that you're still accumulating. If, if you're still working, you're still contributing in super, you actually want prices to stay down while you're still buying in. Does that make sense? Uh, look, absolutely. And, and like I find it interesting. I like the way that you frame that actually, because you know, if you tell yourself, okay, I'm worried about a drop. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 I forget, I forget exactly how you led into that, but, but if you, yeah. you know, if that's the story where you're worried about the drop and you, and you've sold yeah. out at 64 cents and you, and you, you're yeah. waiting for it to drop to another 50 cents. Yeah. Um, that's your, that's your, uh, that's yeah. what you focus on yeah. versus someone else who is just accepting that markets are volatile and yes. prices are volatile of everything yeah. around us. And it's not just yeah. the great companies yeah. of Australia and the world. It's everything around us. Yeah. I won't say that bananas will fluctuate. I was waiting for the bananas. You, always, you, you, hate, you hate me saying, talking about bananas fluctuating. Oh, I've, just, I've, just, I've just heard so it. So I won't say, times, but... <laughs> I won't say that. Um, but, but yeah, if, I mean, if, if that, if, if you're focusing now on, okay, well, the $1,000 a fortnight that I'm putting in as I approach my retirement, you know, every single fortnight that I go paid, I put $1,000 in. Um, yeah. You know, I was buying 1,000 shares at a dollar yeah. a share. Yeah. I'm now yeah, buying so many more shares. Yeah. yeah, at 76 yeah. cents a share. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's, it's a completely different way to look at things. Yeah. And... But we would say, yeah, it's a much better way to look at things, of course. Well, well the thing about it, it's, it's like anything where you get, you can, you can, you know, there, there are many things in our life that are out of our control. So, and, and this is one of them, I think, like you know, the movements of, that's why I never understand the conspiracy theory of, you know, some conspiracy about moving the, moving the share market where, you know, there's trillions of dollars moving around in, different assets that are buying and selling. And that's what's setting the price. There's no one, there's no one person that's responsible for what NAB shares are next week. It's just an accumulation of all those different actions and people buying and selling and what sets the price. So you can't control that. You've got no, there's no way to control that. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't control it. So really the only thing that you can control is how you think about that. And, and, and as a result, how you feel about that price movement. So that's a big thing is, is to me, it's, it's sort of about getting that story in your, having that plan and, and obviously it all comes back to going, what, what is my long-term plan here? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? How does this, how does this volatility each week, how does that actually help me to achieve my goals? And, and what is, what's the positive spin on this that I can put Yeah, Obviously you don't want to bury your head in the sand and say, Oh, well, everything's all rosy and it's all only positive. You have to be realistic about it, but there is always good and bad in everything. And I think that's to me a big thing about what we try and do with our clients is to, is to, diagnose what is the story that they're telling themselves and and is that true and is that useful to them and so it's really about going you need to make sure that, that story is both realistic and it's true and it's actually what's happening but then you also need to, to make sure that that story is something that is helping them sleep at night and helping them process what's happening in in that day-to-day life without just stressing about money the whole time 
Yeah, and I mean, since we since we became business partners, you've taught me a lot about psychology. So um, I will say that you've helped me. You've you've added something to me there. Is, it, is um, this is this is this your acceptance that I'm the number one financial planner in Australia? <laughs> is this the time well, when you come to? <laughs> well, well, like I said, it's been tiring for all these years. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy grasshopper if you take over as. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I never appreciated the psychology. So, so there is so much psychology with everything that we do. And, yeah. um, and, and certainly I think, um, you, you know, to frame it where you're looking at, at an opportunity mm, uh, where right. the markets drop and it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's not like you're going to be clicking your heels, no. um, jumping for joy and you're putting it at the bottom and all of that sort of stuff with a big yeah. uh, amount of money. What yep. it is is is, is just um, I, I guess looking at the glass being half full and yep. saying okay we're suffering this volatility right now. Um, yep. Hey, I'm, I'm I'm this is the last ten years of my working life, for example, yep. and yep. Um, now more than ever I've got the most disposable income I've ever had mm. because the kids have finally graduated university and the mortgage is paid off and yep. we're we're earning our peak earnings capacity right now even though that yep. may have been paused for a little bit, with, uh, yep. depending yep. on what who you work for um, or what industry you are in right now. So yep. the, the glass is half full. I'm actually, I'm, I'm really accelerating my retirement um, yep. planning here by putting yep. in as much as I can every fortnight. And yep. um, the gift horse here is that I'm actually buying in, you know, yeah, 1,200, 1,300 shares uh, yep. every fortnight when I would have actually only been buying in 1,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, again, to bring it back to concrete terms that, that people, like I, I keep going back to the house example because that's how, I think that's the biggest asset that people purchase that they that they can sort of visualise is that if you if you said, when I retire, I need, I need seven fully paid off investment properties. That's what I'm going to live off now. Mm. Num- number one, I'd say it's a terrible idea and we've got a whole podcast about why you wouldn't want that. But if, if that's what you decided you needed was seven investment properties, if you've only bought three or four, you really don't want the price to go up at all because you're, you're still, you still need to buy those next three houses and you need to, you hopefully want to buy them at a cheaper price. So that's the same, the same way to think about you know, investing in, in companies through your, through your superannuation fund is that you really don't want the price to go up until you've finished accumulating. Absolutely. Even, even taking it back to say you're building a house and, um, and yeah, the normal phase of construction is that the house obviously gets built piece by piece. So yeah, yeah. Um, the first bedroom that you built uh, yeah. cost you $50,000. Yeah. Um, by the time, and then they build the rest of the house and the house prices are falling. And by the time they built the fifth bedroom in that house, yeah. um, because of the price of everything, it drops that, that bedroom only cost you thirty five thousand dollars instead of fifty thousand yeah. dollars. You would be you yeah. would be jumping for joy. Yeah, you'd be yeah. going. This is so. This is yeah. so fantastic. So the first bedroom yeah. that we built yeah. at the start of this construction phase cost me fifty thousand yeah. dollars. I'm building the same thing here. I'm picking it up yeah. for thirty five thousand dollars. So in that yeah. analogy, you'd be so happy. So yeah. it's yeah. it's it's certainly no different in terms yeah. of of um, yeah. yeah. And and I, and I guess I guess what helps you with the house example because. Um, Everyone listening would, would, of course, no doubt agree that would be a good thing. Now, I think implied in yes. that is, is yeah. number one, I can I can see this house. I know that it's worth something because it's I can see it going up before my eyes. 
Yep. And number two, um, it's implied also that it's a long-term asset, isn't it? And you mentioned yeah. you started way back yeah. at the start of the podcast saying yeah. um, it's a 30-year asset. And, yeah. but, but a big portion of your, of your superannuation and the companies that you own in your superannuation fund yeah. are also a 30-year asset as well because yeah. you don't yeah. sell – the day that you retire, you don't sell all of your shares yeah. or all of your companies and then put yeah. them into the bank account. You're carrying yeah. forward some of yeah. those for 30 years. Yeah. So so um, people could quite easily um, get that analogy yeah. and say, yeah, I would love the price while I'm yeah. building a house to be going down. Now, yeah. um, what they're not thinking – is that yeah. damn it? I paid fifty thousand dollars for that first bedroom, yeah. and it's only worth yeah. thirty five thousand dollars now. Yeah, that's what right. they're thinking is I'm so happy that yeah. I've got the fourth bedroom yeah. for thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, because uh, yeah. yeah, it's taken yeah. twelve months to build this house, and they built the first bedroom yeah. first, and then sorry, yeah. the fifth bedroom, and they yeah. built the yeah. fifth bedroom um, yeah. right at the end. Yeah, so you're not thinking that you've done money on the first bedroom. No, so, you're just thinking whereas, about how cheap it is that you're buying in there. Yeah. Whereas I think for a lot of people right now, they're framing this as this. The framing is completely wrong, and they're saying yeah. it's the money that I've put in the past. Gee, that's only worth sixty-four cents. Oh, I'm going to panic now. I'm going to sell that and move that to cash. Yeah, um, they're not thinking about it's yeah. it's the the fortnightly money that they're putting into the superannuation fund that yeah. they can take advantage yeah. of. Yeah. Exactly right, and and that's I guess the 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 thing that I yeah the point I want to make is that so much of that is just changing that story. It's you know the two people can be doing exactly the same thing. They can have half a million dollars in their super balance, and they can be contributing a thousand dollars a week into superannuation between them as a couple. So they might both be doing the same thing. If one of them has that story right in their head, and they are thinking about how how cheap they're buying in right now, they're going to be going to work every every day really happy about the opportunity to buy at this lower price. Whereas mm. the other the other people that are looking at their balance day to day and, and worrying about what the price of, of those assets they've already accumulated, they, they both have to go to work. They both have to do the same thing. They're both still doing all the same thing. It's just that one of them's having a much better time than the other. And it's yes. just down to that story. Yeah. Um, you have anything to add, Dallas? No, I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good place to wrap up. I can hear your... Um... Yeah, uh, boy Winston, Winston is, is, is starting to <laughs> crack up in the just, background. Just start so. banging on the door, so you want to come and get involved. So, yeah. <laughs> good place to wrap up. Go and be a dad. Yeah, very good. Thanks for thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over Fifty podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.